4: On DAB+, online, via the TalkSport app, and on your smart speaker. Women's Football Weekly with Faye Carruthers. On the station that's raising the game for women's football, TalkSport 2.
2: The WSL returns as to the goals. Can she finish? Yes, she can. A second in the afternoon for Claire Emsley. Everton leads 6-0. A great week for Everton and FA Cup final beckons as they hit Villa for six. Their opponents at Wembley will be Manchester City, who had their own route this weekend against Spurs. I think it's just really starting to click now on the pitch and that's what we knew would happen. Kristen Press and Tobin Heath impressed on debut for Manchester United, but will we get to see their USA teammates anytime soon?
0: No one wants to see me in a game more than myself. It's been about a year since I've um, competed in a match, and so I'm really eager to get on the field.
2: That, of course, was Tottenham's Alex Morgan. We sit down for a chat with her later, and our Spotlight feature is for all you FA Women's Championship fans out there as we get up to speed with your season so far. This is Women's Football Weekly, National Radios, only dedicated women's football show.
4: Women's Football Weekly with Faker others.
5: I'm Mary Upp. You're listening to Women's Football Weekly on Talksport Two.
2: Happy Monday to you all. It might be miserable outside. It certainly is where we are, but we're still smiling in the studio and have a couple of fabulous guests for you as well. For Tottenham captain Jenna Scalacci is back with us. How are you doing? How's retirement? I'm good, thank you. Um, Enjoying retirement, um, enjoying being a fan of the the Women's Super League now. Okay, you've got some exciting things to potentially tease to us later on. Not fully tell us, I know, but hopefully a little bit of information. Uh, Flo Lloyd-Hughes, football journalist, great to have you back. Thanks for having me, Faye. Love to be back. Always a pleasure. Right, no so called upsets this weekend so we're going to go from the top to the, the top of the table down so kick things off with arsenal
3: arsenal on the attack knobs with the finish an excellent finish from jordan knobs trying to find a way through just to unpick the lock on this defense that's a lovely ball in well stretched for two ford pounces And Arsenal's early pressure in this second half pays off. Miramar on the charge. She could wrap this up here for Arsenal. Miramar's been so desperate for the goal and she finds it late on. It finishes here. Arsenal three, Bristol City one. So top of
2: the WSL table on goal difference three wins out of three but they didn't have it all their own way Bristol City of course going ahead in this one on six minutes through Abby Harrison Um, what have you made of Arsenal so far this season Jenna and what did you think um, of this performance in particular
1: yeah I think they've obviously started the the season really strong Uh, three wins top of the table uh, they obviously had that blow midweek um, against Man City, so uh, I think the three-one result against Bristol was uh, good for them. Good to get their confidence back up. Uh, Jordan Nobbs back scoring again, which is great, great for Arsenal and, and England as well. Um, I think Bristol um, they defended really well. I think Sophie Bagley had a, had a great game, um, although I think Arsenal created so many chances that it could have been anything between five or six had be. Uh, without Sophie Bagley in goal.
2: Yeah, not 11 though, which is what not it was 11, last season. Yeah, yeah. 11 <laughs> won last season. So I think t- Tanya be will be pleased with that. And I mean, she cited uh, Sophie Bagley as being absolutely exceptional in this one, which she was, Flo.
5: Yeah, I think there's there's lots for Tanya Oaks to be, to be pleased about because I think last time I was on the show I was talking about the dire position that Bristol might find themselves and the fans could be a little bit worried but there's something to build on here. They saw an opportunity with that goal early on and, and they took it. Zinsberger I think could have done a little bit better. She saw it late, dive late and so much space there for Harrison. So I think a lot to be pleased about and some confidence, a confidence boost despite the defeat, they got a goal and they limited to three instead of eleven like you said Faye so some some small things for for them to take forward yeah it was their first goal of the season
2: so that will as you say give them some confidence and actually post-match Tanya Roxtaby said that she had to play so many players out of position as well I mean positivity going forward that her players are versatile yeah absolutely and so that they can
1: step up and play in different positions is is a a credit to, to them and the players and you know, at times when, when you, you are carrying injuries, that's what you need from your team and your squad. So,
2: yeah, that's definitely a positive for them. Yeah, so Jordan Nobs on the score sheet, as Jenna Scalacci said. Uh, another screamer from her as well. She's back on form. It's wonderful to watch. Caitlin Ford as well. And uh, Vivian Miedemar sealing the win. Um, Aston Villa nil, Everton six. Everton continuing their absolutely superb start to the season we spoke here on Women's Football Weekly to manager Willie Kirk last week they were 4-0 up at half time Uh, goals from Hayley Rasso, Claire Emsley and Valerie Govan as well I mean Jenna you must be looking at Everton and just thinking what amazing acquisitions they've made and just you know they're going to break into this top three aren't they? Yeah, definitely. If they
1: carry on how they've started, um, I think I was just really impressed with them. They were relentless uh, in the first half. Um, Haley Rasso, I think, uh, two goals and an assist. Thought she was she was on fire yesterday. And yeah, their new signings as well producing a goal. So yeah, they they are obviously buzzing off of their uh, a, Wembley, a potential a Wembley fixture coming up. So yeah, I think. They're on fire. They are, yeah, I wouldn't like to be playing against them anytime soon.
2: No, so Everton did beat Birmingham 3-0 in the Women's FA Cup semi-final midweek. Manchester City, as we mentioned earlier, beat Arsenal 2-1. Uh, that final, by the way, is on Sunday, the 1st of November. Um, we'll talk about that shortly because I'm absolutely so excited about that already. Even though it's last season's, it feels like, you know, oh, great, we've got an FA Cup final to look forward to. Very exciting. Uh, for Aston Villa, though, Flo still no wins and just the one goal I mean it's been a bit of a baptism of fire for them
5: yeah and for me what I'm a bit worried about is they don't seem to be learning many lessons from their, their start starts, the WSL. In that opening game against Man City, we saw them try and play it out from the back, come under pressure and make mistakes. And they did exactly the same thing against Everton on Saturday. And I think that's what worries me. Anita Asante, very experienced defender. She made her debut on Saturday. And I'm, I'm hoping that she'll bring some leadership and experience because she's not going to put up with a scoreline like that. But for me, that's what I'm worried about. Defenders and goalies making the same mistakes, coming under pressure and insisting on playing out from the back. And you need to be able to do something different against teams that are going to press you and put you under pressure and make you make those mistakes. Just try something different. Don't just make it harder for yourselves and do that. Mm, interesting what head coach Gemma Davis said,
2: actually, about Aston Villa. She says the team is still progressing and they're actually showing signs of, of, of development. What, what can you see from them, Jenna? I think... Um,
1: I agree um, in that they are still making the same mistakes. And I think in this league, you have to have a plan B. There's going to be times when plan A isn't working and you need to think fast and the players need to take responsibility on the pitch that, you know, that's not working. We need to change. Um, but, you know, I have an experience of stepping up from the WSL 2 myself with Spurs. It's it's a massive, massive jump. And you do learn so much from each game and you learn most from heavy defeats I've found personally in my career. So, you know, each each game is a learning curve. They'll learn from it. And hopefully, like as we say, they will now have like a plan
2: B and C so they don't come unstuck in these situations going forward. What advice would you give to the players having been promoted from uh, the FA Women's Championship up to the WSL? It is a big, you know massive step in, in in quality difference what would you say to them to make them keep their heads up perhaps
1: yeah it's a it's a massive step I'd, they just need to keep working keep trusting the process and you know they do have some experience in their team they just all need to stick together keep working hard and it and it will come off for them uh we we had a we were uh tottenham we had a great start to wsl um so that gave us confidence going into each match but you know as the matches go on and you're not picking up points, is I think that's when the confidence becomes a big issue. So it's really important they keep their confidence high.
2: For Everton, though, Hayley Rasso with her first Everton
5: goal. I mean, she was absolutely superb with the, the opening two. Yeah, and it's felt like a long time coming. She's had chances in all Everton's games so far. She also got an assist in that game. She works so hard. She's a little terrier. And when you've got players like Villa, who obviously lacking confidence, feeling quite nervous, she puts them under pressure and she forced them to make a mistake and she just gobbles up the opportunity. She could have had a hat-trick. It could have been 9-0. I think Everton is so excited to watch. So exciting to watch. It's going to be interesting when they play City in the Conti Cup on Wednesday, how both teams come out. Are they going to play a strong 11? Are they going to rest players? because I think that will be the first sign of Everton against a bigger team because they have been quite lucky with the fixture list so far.
2: Yeah, they have, but, you know, not to be underestimated, the confidence that that start will give when they then come up against the big teams, if you like, because if they're already popping in the goals, um, I mean, Valérie Govan, that header was her fourth goal in five games. That was her first start as well at the weekend. You know, these are important things for a player's mindset, aren't they, Jenna? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think they'll all be full of
1: confidence. And if ever they were to come up against the top team, now would be the time for them to do
2: it and, and maybe cause an upset. And of course, they're going to face Manchester City on the 1st of November in the Women's FA Cup final as well, which you would expect them to play the strongest team possible for uh, we will talk about that later on um, but that's the top two done Arsenal and Everton Chelsea two points behind them they had a narrow victory over Birmingham City who remained third from bottom without any points at all uh, Frank Kirby with the only goal of the game um, they were perhaps unlucky not to have got got more but punished for not being clinical flow
5: yeah, and a bit like Bristol City, I think Birmingham have a lot to take confidence from this game. Lots of people are talking about Carla Ward and her fantastic coaching and what she's done with a team who were in dire straits, to be honest. And so I, I kind of saw this game as a bit more of a reflection on growth for Birmingham rather than Chelsea wasting chances but an, an incredible goal line clearance from um, Harriet Scott that, that people should take a look at. I don't know how she managed no. to clear Beth England's header off the line but I mean they were playing with their backs against the wall they were clinging on at times and, and yeah Chelsea did did waste a few chances. Perhaps Beth England had a, had a goal that shouldn't have been disallowed for mm. offside but at the same time for Birmingham to come away against Chelsea with only a 1-0 defeat when Chelsea beat Bristol City 9-0 and in these relegation battles it's about goal difference that is a massive boost for them and for Chelsea you know it's another 3 points on the board and and their goal of 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 at least winning two trophies this season.
2: Yeah that goal was when Sam Kyer was offside but not interfering with play another problem referee wise and uh, officiating again rearing its head.
1: Yeah it seems to be a common a common theme um all over football at the moment um they got the win. They got the three points. But I think um, Birmingham can take a lot of positives with it. And I think they'll be pleased with their performance. They, they defended very, very well, and their goal their goalkeeper made some outstanding saves. Hannah
2: Hampton. she's yeah, excellent. She's, she's mm. brilliant. She is. She's going to be a top top keeper. Well, she she was. Um, I interviewed her actually at the uh, England camp recently mm. and um, she'd had three put past her then um, and was quite disappointed with her performance but actually, you know, she had made some really good saves and she's still so young um, as well. Uh, so Manchester United and Manchester City are also both on seven points along with Chelsea after round three. We'll see how they fared over the weekend next. You are listening to Women's Football Weekly on Talksport. Sport 2. I'm Faye Carruthers. Uh, I'm joined by former Spurs captain Jenna Scalacci and journalist Flo Lloyd-Hughes and Women's Football weekly is the only show on national radio dedicated to women's football we're here every monday six till seven bringing you everything you need to know in the game and if you miss any or you want to listen again we're available on podcast so you can download us and subscribe on apple and spotify products uh, next up though we're going to hear from manchester city boss gareth taylor women's football weekly with
5: faye Others. hi i'm jordan knobs and you're listening to women's football weekly on talk Sport two
2: This is Women's Football Weekly on Talk Sport 2. I'm Faker Rothers and I'm with former Spurs captain Jenna Scalacci and journalist Flo Lloyd Hughes. So we've been going through the WSL table in order. I like to be quite organised and uh, got a little bit of OCD and I don't normally do this. Normally I pick whatever was the best game but actually it went quite nicely to, to, to plan today so we're going down the table instead. Um, so Manchester United 3, Brighton 0.
3: Toon hangs it up. Golton was there. Penalty given. And now it's Toon who scores. A good confident penalty. Russo for two and Russo scores. That's how to mark your first start for your brand new club. Curling cross towards that far post and it's in. And Manchester United pick up a third goal to go with the three points they'll be collecting for this one. A comfortable victory for Manchester United.
2: In the end for Casey Stoney's side, uh, Letitia with a foul on Adriana Russo to concede the penalty and Ella Toon uh, scoring. Russo then with a lovely solo effort on her first start um, as well and Jane Ross flicking in a third and that was from a Kristen Press cross. It um, could have been could have been more to be honest, couldn't it? For Manchester United, they were fantastic. Looked like a bit of a feisty game as well. At least Sports Village, I think there were four yellow cards. You don't actually see that 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 often. But what did you make of this, Jenna Scalacci?
1: I was excited to see how this one panned out because I thought uh, Brighton had had quite a strong start yeah. and were looking strong this season. Um, obviously, Man United have come out on top. Uh, their their new signings making an uh, an impact in in Russo with their debut goal um and then Heath and Press coming off the bench um press hitting the hitting the post and then a pinpoint cross from Heath for the third goal um so yeah man, man united deserved deserved the win and like
2: you say could have had a, a few more goals i think what did you make of press and heath when they came on what difference did they make to manchester united they just look well
1: class like everything about them really it's but yeah it's it's great to watch and it's great to have these caliber of players in the WSL
2: Mm. Um, Flow, from your point of view, Brighton, as Jenna said, had actually started the season quite well. they were on four points on uh, on seventh, but obviously have dropped down after after that defeat. They just didn't show much, did they?
5: Yeah, I'm with Jenna on that. I was expecting a bit more from them, but I think they did frustrate United pretty much up until that second goal went in I thought the penalty was harsh I think similarly to the penalty, penalty we we'll probably talk about in the Spurs City game I'm not a fan of those penalties where people sort of just go flying in the box when it's close contact maybe from a corner or ball in I think they're a bit harsh so that was a big turning point and then basically as soon as they second Can I just goal, stop you there? Contacts, contact in this day and age <laughs> no, <blow>. no, <laughs> no, it really <laughs>
2: irritates me so But
5: little the, contact. The, the Gemma Bonner one I think will go on until about was very harsh um, but yeah I think I think Brighton were organised and did well they didn't have a lot of chances but they were their usual sort of irritating selves where they just make life difficult for, for teams and, and perhaps they could have got a point out of it until that second goal went in and then as soon as Press, Press and Heath came on and Lucy Sanaforth getting her debut as well, I think they look so strong and I'm really excited to ha- see how this team can build now with everyone fit, with everyone who Casey Stoney wants to be there now it's so they're going to be so exciting to watch and hopefully we'll see them also progress in a cup competition because now we're getting up and running and on the Conti Cup and FA Cup Part two will be starting soon, so great, great opportunity for them.
2: Yeah, it really, really is. And Jenna, I mean, uh, Tottenham. I know it's not your club anymore technically. However, Tottenham play Manchester United uh, next week. You came up with them from the Championship last season. What, what have you made of their progression? If, if if you like, it's very difficult, isn't it? Because I think most people compare you both. As yeah. Teams because you came up together, but but they seem to just be edging it in terms of progression.
1: Yeah, I think um, having come up with them and and spending a season in WCL two, uh, there's a bit of a rivalry between between the two teams. I think you know that the, the back they've had um, put them ahead of us ahead of Spurs. Sorry, I'm saying us. So I'm still. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I
2: don't think you'll
1: ever <laughs> do that no. as captain of them <laughs> for so long but you know our, our games against them have been quite close in recent times and, and we've matched them I think that they are now pushing on to the top knocking on the top door uh, the top four the door of that um, but yeah they've got a young exciting squad and the, the signings they've made I think yeah I'm, I'm really excited to see their, their progression this season and see if they can break into that top four
2: Knocking on the door of the top four—it's got a really nice <laughs> ring to it—and actually, it's it's been a top three, hasn't it? Yeah. Um, in in the WSL for so long, and it certainly does feel as if that is gonna expand you've mm-hmm. got you know uh, fantastic work being done by Casey Stoney um, and Manchester United and fantastic work being done by Willie Kirk and Everton as well so exciting times for the WSL in terms of competition Um talking of competition I mean nobody would expect to see Manchester City women in fifth place uh, in the table perhaps It is early in the season and it is all still very, very close, of course. But this was more like the Manchester City performance we're used to. Um, It was Manchester City 4, sorry Jenna, Tottenham
0: (laughs) 1.
4: Stayed out doing extras, working on the cutting in and finishing, so it just shows that that's that's paying off the doing the extra work. And a tumble in the penalty area leads to the penalty. And Chloe Kelly with the chance to get her second, Manchester City seconds emphatic.
3: You know, those situations, penalty kicks, everyone thinks it's easy, you should score on every every occasion, but they're not easy.
4: Tottenham have to be careful with these challenges in the penalty area. That's lovely from Manchester City gets on the score sheet. I think they're natural winners, natural leaders, and I think they just give that extra spark. Well, it's been her afternoon, Chloe Kelly. She is replaced by Jess Park. She's
3: just that real threat, that real attacking threat, and I was pleased for her
4: today. Manchester City with the corner, and it's flicked in. Ellen White has their fourth, and it is bundled in. And Tottenham do have a goal back. We didn't stop, we kept going, we we played to the last minute. There is the full-time whistle. An emphatic win for Manchester City by four goals to one. I think it's just really starting to click now
2: on the pitch and that's what we knew would happen. Chloe Kelly knew it was going to happen. I mean, she left from Everton arrived at manchester city everton don't seem to have missed her as much as we all thought they would and she's you know started exactly where she left off joining manchester city that was chloe kelly karen hills and gareth taylor that you heard from uh, there now we've delayed this long enough jenna i'm afraid you're going to have to discuss your team's performance um was this just a dominant manchester city performance or a poor spurs one
1: uh, I think Tottenham will be really disappointed with that result. I think the first half, I think we, we started well. We were organised. We, we, we You could see what we were trying to do with the high press and I think they frustrated Man City. Um, then the first goal come, controversial, maybe our players switched off, didn't play to the
2: whistle, um, but we only have ourselves to blame for that. Um, That's my pet hate when, yeah. you know, and we need to explain the context mm. for, for people who maybe didn't watch the, the highlights of the game or watch it on the uh, FA player. Um, one of your players, was it Kit? Yeah, Kit Graham. Kit Graham had, had, was down, injured, um, and Manchester City carried on, went on and scored, but all the Tottenham players just stopped. Now, in any uh, Sunday league, just play yeah. to the whistle. It drives me mad. It's uh, it, this, is a, this is a professional team. That shouldn't have happened. Yeah, definitely
1: not. And I know the coaching staff won't be happy with all that and neither neither with the players. You have to play to the whistle. Um, I think, you know, they did fight. They did put up a fight. They did. You, we got a goal back. Um, Angela, I'd be pleased for Angela. But I think, you know, the second goal kind of killed, killed the game a bit uh, with the... the the penalty, which we've discussed earlier, I think was a very weak, very weak decision. It was. It was.
5: Let's let Flo come in on that because she's I mean, not happy with it. I'm sorry, but when you I, for me, you can see in a player's size difference how gravity and the the laws of science will work. And sometimes, if someone's flying in the air like Peter Pan, it's just not physically possible. So those kind of things do irritate me. I think something I want to ask Jenna actually is. Um, obviously, Becky Spencer had a knock on her ankle, and a bit like I was saying earlier with Villa, I was surprised that Spurs kept trying to play it out from the back, where she when she was clearly feeling a bit uncomfortable. And for me, I wanted to see a bit more of that Plan B because obviously, you know, City were, were, were very confident and pressing high as well, and, and you had White and Kelly and, and Becky putting pressure on on the on the back on the back four and Spencer. So I was just surprised that they kept trying to want to do that. Yeah, I think uh, Tottenham, we have a certain way we like to play. And,
1: and last season, we learned we learnt the hard way against Reading in a Conti Cup that we need a plan B, C and D for every match you go into in this league. Um, and yeah, like you say, Becky took a knock. I don't think she'll be very pleased getting, you know, the, her teammates not recognising that. But I think that would have been dealt with at half-time, hopefully. Um, but yeah, um we do have a, they do, I know that the coaching staff look at all different scenarios going down one nil and, and how we react to the different, um, the way the, the game pans out.
2: Yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see what Spurs can do this season. We'll talk about them more in a second. Manchester City, though, face Chelsea next week. Really excited um, about that one. It has been a tough start for Spurs, though. It doesn't get any easier either. After the Conti Cup group game against London City on Wednesday, they face Manchester United and Arsenal in the league. His uh, co-manager Karen Hill's take on that.
4: We have got a, a tough run, but so has a lot of other teams and that's no, that's no excuse. Um, we know that it's going to be a tough run, but at the same time, that's what you want. You want to be tested, you want to be challenged, but at the same time, you want to see an improvement and you want to see that progression. And as long as we're progressing and we're learning along the way, then that's all we can ask for for our players.
2: That's a really good point there from um, co-manager of Spurs, Karen Hills, actually. Um, Tottenham obviously hoping to have their star signing, Alex Morgan, available at some point soon as well. And we're going to be hearing from her shortly. Uh, But last but not least... It's been not been a happy start for West Ham at their new home of Dagenham and Redbridge. Another defeat, this time at the hands of Reading by just one goal, though, which will give manager Matt Beard a little bit of hope after conceding so many to Arsenal. Uh, Lauren Bruton with the only goal of the game, leaving Reading on six points in sixth place. And West Ham with just the solitary point on the board so far. It's been a tough season for Matt Beard so far, Flo
5: yeah and obviously I was in with him a couple of weeks ago and we were talking about the documentary and and the spotlight maybe that that shone on on some characters behind the scenes and that group and I think they'll be a bit worried about the start that they made to the season I think yesterday obviously Kenza Darley missed a penalty and it's sort of like what might have been because in a sort of sliding doors universe they could have come away with a point or a win from that game but Leon hit the post as well yeah well, had, had grace Maloney tipped it
2: onto the post
5: yeah and it was fantastic to you know to reading's credit grace Maloney was mad of the match yep. she had an exceptional game so i guess not to focus too much on west ham but they need to start changing things and they've got the talent there it's just things aren't quite clicking on paper you look at a front three of daly layman and leon and you think wow that you know that's something for defenders to be scared of but they just blow so hot and cold layman and leon and you know they can do fantastic things in games, like that first game against Spurs when Leon scores that screamer, but then in other games, they don't really turn up. And Leon had a good game yesterday, but she couldn't get the goal. And West Ham is still searching for that first one in the season. Mm. Reading, however, just quietly going about their business very nicely. Uh, you
2: are listening to Women's Football Weekly on Talk Sport 2. I'm Faker Rothers, joined by former Spurs captain Jenna Scalacci and journalist Flo Lloyd Hughes. If you miss any of the show, you can catch up by downloading and subscribing at our podcast, which is available through Apple and Spotify products. Just search Talk Sport Women's Football Weekly. Uh, coming up, we sit down with World Cup winner and Tottenham's brand new signing, Alex Morgan, and find out what she's like in the dressing room too on the only dedicated national radio show for women's football. Women's Football
5: Weekly with Faye Carruthers. Hi, I'm Leah Williamson from Arsenal Women and you can follow the WSL on Talk Sport too.
2: Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com.
0: That's BlueNile.com.
2: You are listening to Women's Football Weekly on Talk Sport 2, the UK's only national radio show dedicated to women's football. I'm Faker Others and I'm with former Spurs captain Jenna Scalacci and journalist Flo Lloyd Hughes. Now then, there was a very special signing over the summer. There were a number of them, to be honest but, you know, there was one in particular that, that certainly got everybody excited and the commercial side of women's football has really been gathering pace for quite a while now, but it felt like such a step change when FAWSL clubs started bringing over huge names in the world of women's football, including the likes of Sam Kerr and Penilla Harder for Chelsea, and of course five members of the World Cup winning USA side are also now plying their trade in England So Sam Mewis and Rose Lavelle at Manchester City, Tobin He Ethan Christen Press at Manchester United. And apart from Megan Rapinoe, probably one of the most famous female footballers on the planet, Alex Morgan is now a teammate, or would have been a teammate of Jenna Scalacci, I should say. Sorry, Jenna, <laughs> um, at Spurs. Um, and before we ask Jenna what she's heard, the gossip from the dressing room about how the American superstars fitted in, uh, let's hear from the woman herself, shall we? Uh, she's been sitting down to chat to Talk Sports' Bradley Hayden.
3: Your move to Tottenham Hotspur has created a lot of widespread attention. Um, What was it that made you join Spurs? And why is it you've made the decision to come to the WSL at this time in your career?
0: Um, Actually, it was quite unexpected, I would say. Um, But I joined the Spurs because the WSL has done such a great job um, bringing over such great talent and doing well competing as one of the top leagues in the world um i also felt like in the U.S. right now um i knew that after pregnancy i needed to get games in as many games as possible leading into 2021 um knowing that the olympics um, hopefully will move forward next year and so um, i wanted to make sure to put myself in the best position possible to get fit and ready for that and um, i thought that competing in one of the, the best leagues in the world uh, right now while you know it started back up after lockdown and everything um was the best opportun- was the best option for me
2: don't worry Tottenham Hotspur fans. Alex Morgan has not turned into a Dalek <laughs> on the flight over from the USA. Unfortunately Tottenham had a lot of Wi-Fi problems um, with this interview. She sat down to talk to a number of journalists including our very own Bradley Hayden of Talk Sport. and um, unfortunately the audio quality wasn't great. We would have loved to have br- brought you a much longer um, chat with Alex Morgan but hopefully you heard exactly what she had to say there about her excitement about coming over uh, to ply her trade in the WA she did have a baby in May. We've talked about it on the show before. So she's getting her fitness back. Uh, but what I want to know as a former Tottenham captain, Jenna Scalacci, is what your original reaction was when you heard that your club was signing this superstar.
5: Well,
1: when I first read it on my Twitter, feed, I had to rub my eyes just to make sure I was reading it right. I was completely shocked. But um, what an amazing signing for the club, for for Spurs women, for the WSL and for Tottenham, the club in general, it was an incredible signing. And as you say, she's she's just working on getting her fitness back. Um, so I feel like it's a it's a. It's a deal that kind of works both ways for for the club and for the player. Um, we need Tottenham need goals, um, and who else would you want coming off the bench or, or starting than one of the best strikers in the world? So it's an incredible signing, and I think it's it just shows how far Tottenham women have come. To think three seasons ago we were in WSL two. And now we've got one of the biggest strikers in the world playing for us.
2: I know you're still in touch with all the girls at, at Tottenham. What anecdotally can you tell us about how Alex Morgan's fitting in? Yeah, um,
1: the girls I've spoke to have all been very positive. She seems like a humble, nice, shy shy girl and player to have around. And I think what a player to have around, the experience she's got. Um, you know, she's won World Cups, Golden Boots. So it's priceless to have someone like that in your squad.
2: Has anybody had a rib at her about the tea gesture? The World Cup tea gesture?
1: I saw a little dig on Twitter the other day, but nothing that I've heard of.
5: Yeah. I heard someone did it in training. I don't know who it was, but someone scored against her in training. Uh, I was reading in a piece and, and she talked about how they did the tea gesture after scoring against her and everyone fell about laughing. So I think she's taken it well. Yeah,
2: Who's, who's the more
5: likely that to uh, have
2: been... I know,
1: exactly. Probably Lucy Quinn, I'd say.
5: Um, she got I, that in her.
1: Yeah, definitely. I did read that. She wasn't going to use that as a celebration, though. I'm not sure I read that. But yeah, we'll see when she well, starts scoring. I, I would
2: say it's inadvisable.
5: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no fans, though, so.
2: Yeah. Well, that's true. <laughs> but it goes all over the yeah. world in the yeah. FA play. So. The FA Play is free to watch, so you're in trouble there. Absolutely, and <laughs> it is. Uh, Flo, how excited are you? I mean, we still don't know exactly when we're going to see her grace the pin. But, you know, I, I know that um, Jenna's going to be able to tell us what she's doing in training and who she's training with um, at, at the moment. But when she does make her mark, what are you Are you expecting an instant impact from her?
5: Yeah, I hope so. I am a little bit worried about how much hype and pressure there's being put on her because the, the, the stat that everyone has been talking about is the fact that as an individual, she has more followers on Instagram than the Spurs men's team. She is an icon. She is a global sporting icon and I'm just a little bit worried about how much pressure we're putting on her to not only carry a team but almost carry a league on her back foot for, for the next few weeks and if she's not fit and she can't start for a while I don't want it to feel like a disappointment I'm hoping people's expectations are not lowered but maybe the reality is that she's a player who hasn't played in a very long time she hasn't played since last year she said in that interview but it's going to take her a while to get up to her best. When Carly Lloyd came over, I did. I don't think she really hit the the levels that people expected for her. So I'm hoping that you know we won't be talking about this in six months and saying that you know maybe she wasn't as good as we hoped she would be. I ho- I hope she can find that form that we know she has in her but does it actually matter?
2: Because when you think about it, from a commercial point of view, this was a genius move from Tottenham's point of view. And you've seen it with other clubs and what they've done. You know, they've realised the global impact of women's football and how, you know... In times of COVID, when we uh, most clubs are incredibly cash-strapped, bringing in superstars like this that have global appeal that will get an American audience watching the WSL is going to be really crucial going forward.
5: Yeah, massive. And obviously, within weeks of Heath Press, um, Mewis, Lavelle being announced, the FA also announced that... Two deals with US broadcasters and still games, Bingo. still games mm. available for free in FA Player. So it is massive, and I, I think regardless of maybe how she does on the pitch, off the pitch, it will be seen as a, as a success. And it is, you know, Jenna said it is mutually beneficial because she gets game time, she hopefully gets her spot in the Olympic Games. The US will probably win the Olympic Games. Spurs sell loads of shirts. I just hope fans will be back to see it because that what is what could be quite disappointing about this year is we've got the biggest names in women's football here and potentially no fans will get to see them and that will be so gutting oh that just makes me sad every time we talk
2: about it um Jenna from a training point of view and from what she can actually bring to the dressing room and in and around um the girls at Spurs what what can she bring because I know she's training with some of the youngsters at the minute yeah I think you know
1: she's got that winning uh, mentality like all the usa players that have come over she's won world cup she's won major tournament she's won league she's won golden boots you know you need that in your dressing room if you're going to be winners and i think at spurs we've got a young talented squad and i think having someone like alex morgan in your squad training with them on a day-to-day basis i mean that's it's what more would you want as a young aspirant like a footballer um who's just starting out the trade. So I think having her is priceless. I think her experience, her knowledge and what she can give to the girls, um and it's just another boost and it's just I think it's it's a great move and I just um yeah, like everyone else, I can't wait to see her on the pitch, but I think when the time is right people have to remember that she is she needs to get her fitness up. You don't want to rush her back, get her injured and then Back to square one so, yeah, yeah i
2: think you're both right with that there is a lot of pressure on her and i do feel as if on women's football weekly we've been talking about <laughs> her potentially <laughs> stepping foot on the pitch for weeks and weeks and weeks um however talking from the commercial side of it again flo um the news today that you sent me earlier on was fascinating that sales of Kristen press and tobin heath shirts actually outsold any of those of manchester united's men's players for the first three days after their high-profile signings. Just going to put a caveat here, it wasn't after the 6-1 defeat to Spurs yesterday, by the way. This (laughs) was when
5: they signed, but anyway. Yeah, no, story in the Daily Mail today about that. And I think one of my big predictions of the season, completely not to do with results, was about the fact that I thought that a women's shirt would outsell a men's shirt at a club for the first time. And we've seen an example of that. So for three days after their arrival, they were outselling the Man United men's shirts. And I think that that just shows the impact of these players because I think we've seen a lot in the media about how big they are. But I think perhaps football people who predominantly follow men's football don't actually quite realise the size and scale of who these people are as individuals, as celebrities really. And as soon as they move club, all their fans follow with them. It's like Ronaldo, it's like Messi, it's not really about who they're playing for, it's about who they are. And this is a prime example of that. And I think the clubs have been savvy. They've done you know, cheap US international shipping. They've worked it out and I think it's great to be able to see that it works. An example of that because all those people who say you know, no one cares about women's football is well actually loads of people do and they will spend a lot of money on it as well. And that's what I was going to ask you actually is,
2: is whether or not there was a breakdown on the figures about where those shirts were going. Were they UK sales or were they going to the States?
5: I think it's probably a bit of both. I imagine a lot of UK women's fans, I mean, obviously we have some real clear club rivalries and I think it would be quite difficult for a City or a Liverpool fan to bear giving money to <laughs> Manchester United. So I think in England we our rivalries are, are, are very clear and, and, you know, sometimes quite nasty. So I would imagine a lot most of it is going to the States, but I, I think a lot of people in the UK would have been buying shirts as well.
2: Yeah, exciting signings all round, exciting commercial deals all around for women's football at the moment. You are listening to Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2. I'm Faker Others. You've been listening to the thoughts of former Spurs captain Jenna Scalacci and journalist Flo Lloyd-Hughes. If you do miss any of the show, you can either catch up by downloading the TalkSport app or subscribe to our podcast, which is on Apple and Spotify products. Uh, now, FA Women's Championship fans, we're putting your clubs in the spotlight next.
3: Across the UK, online and on DAB Digital Radio.
2: Hi, I'm Georgia Stanway, and you're listening to the Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport2. As the voiceover man said, this is the home of women's football. You are listening to Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport2. I'm Faker Rothers. Joined by former Spurs captain Jenna Scalacci and journalist Flo Lloyd Hughes. Uh, so, Women's Football Weekly is in its regular 6 till 7 pm slot every Monday night on Talksport 2. And we also now have a regular feature that we want you guys to get involved in. So, every week we're going to pick a person, a club, or an event from the world of women's football to shine our spotlight on, or a player that we want to get to know a bit better, perhaps. But we want you to come up with some suggestions for us of whose story you'd like to hear. Is there a player, a coach or a team perhaps, either past or present, who you'd like to know a little bit more about? So if so, tweet us at TalkSport2 or at Faker or email on Women's football Weekly at talksport.co.uk, our new email address with your suggestions, and we'll see what we can do. Now, this week, I know this is going to put a smile on one of our listeners in particular's uh, face. Derek Purcell messages me every single week. He's a massive Durham fan. I'm so delighted to give him a shout-out and this week we're putting the FA Women's Championship in the
3: spotlight. The FA Women's Championship was previously branded as FA WSL2 when it replaced the FA Women's Premier League National Division in 2014. The 2019-20 season was the second season of the rebranded FA Women's Championship, drawn to a close early due to COVID-19. Aston Villa were crowned the new champions with a six-point lead and an unbeaten season under their belt. Charlton was spared relegation as the leads below the championship were declared null and void, meaning there are now 11 teams fighting for promotion to the WSL this season. The 2020-21 Championship campaign started behind closed doors on the 5th of September. So let's take a look at the season so far. She curls it over the wall and right into the top corner and Durham are back in the lead again. ball in from Linnett. Wonderful touch from Lawley who makes it 1-0 and it's taken Liverpool just 11 minutes. To break down Coventry United. Elite Lee, the number 13. It's lucky for Lewis. After being relegated to the championship from the WSL, Liverpool have bounced back with three wins and a draw from their first four games including yesterday's 2-1 win against 8th place Coventry United and are currently sitting two points clear at the top of the table. Chance baby here for Melissa Johnson. Last season's runners-up Sheffield United have started strongly with two wins and a draw from their opening three matches and with the game in hand they are a sure contender for this season's promotion place. Other clubs with the game in hand, Lewis, Charlton, Coventry, Blackburn and Leicester City women who were taken over by the men's club parent company in August of this year and became fully professional in the process. Leicester City, last minute of the game, Natasha Flint, right into the corner. They have started with strong intentions, sitting in the middle of the table with five points from three games. The biggest scoreline at the weekend was Crystal Palace's 4-1 win over the London Bees, which pushed Palace to sixth place with five points just below Leicester City on goal difference. (laughs) Jade Haynes. Oh, right in the top corner. He sensational. Bianca Baptiste lifts home. Crystal Palace is third. Coral Jade Haynes makes it 4 0 from the spot. At the other end of the table, the London City Lionesses have just one point from four games, with their draw against Crystal Palace the only difference between them and the relegation spot. Early season strugglers London Bees are yet to get off the mark and the bottom of the table after four games. All very much to play for until now and the end of the season in May. We will keep the championship in the spotlight throughout the season.
2: That was TalkSport 2 Scott Taylor there putting the FA Women's Championship in the spotlight for you. Now, here on Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2, we don't very often get to talk about the championship because we run out of time because there's always so much to talk about. And I hate the fact that we don't get to, to focus on them. So I'm delighted that we're going to be able to bring you news uh, more in depth every week. So Liverpool women at top of the table after relegation from the WSL uh, last season. Do you think they're going to be able to bounce straight back, Jenna Scalacci?
1: So, yeah, um, having played with Rachel Furness, they're now captain. She's an absolute winner. And, you know, they've got all that experience from the WSL. I I can't see any other outcome
2: than them bouncing straight back. Mm, Durham up to second as well. Sheffield United haven't played as many games, um, neither of Lewis uh, or Leicester. They've only played three. Um, So, you know, looking to put the pressure on the top two there. Who for you is promotion
5: candidate this season, Flo? Definitely Liverpool and I... Potentially Sheffield and Leicester, I think. Um, we saw, we heard on that segment about the changes that Leicester have brought in, going fully professional, really backing that team. And I think they'd be one of fighting for, for that. They got to the latter stages of the 1920 FA Cup, which was a big for them, the last championship team standing in that competition. Sheffield United came second last season, obviously lost their manager, Carl Ward to Birmingham. But they've got Neil Redfern in, ex-Liverpool manager. So there's a bit of rivalry there, which Love I think that. will be good. So I'm hoping as the season progresses... We'll see a bit of a Sheffield-Liverpool fight for, for that top spot and um, I, think that, I think that would be a really, really interesting battle.
2: Right, before we go, we must touch on the Conti Cup that's happening uh, this week. Apologies if you are listening to this podcast after Wednesday, uh, you'll know all the results. But hey ho, this is what we're here for. It's Monday in our world as it as it stands, and a really tantalising uh, meet up for Aston Villa against Sheffield United, who were the top two fighting out uh, in the Championship last season. Uh, Durham, Coventry, Tottenham, London City Lionesses, Chelsea, Arsenal. What are we expecting?
5: I think the most interesting thing is what kind of teams they're going to put out because... Arsenal's whole sort of shtick is that they don't have a very deep squad so if they're going to progress they're going to need to probably pay a a pretty decent team it is group games we've also got weird afternoon kickoff times which I think has never happened before so the whole thing is a little bit strange also can't really watch the games which as much as I love the FA player it's quite difficult so I have no idea what to expect from these ones no absolutely but we love that you
2: know very very women's football unpredictable (laughs) isn't it Uh, Liverpool Manchester United uh, Man City City Everton which we touched upon earlier on Brighton against West Ham Uh, Reading against Charlton Bristol City London Bees Lewis against Crystal Palace and then on Thursday Blackburn against Birmingham City Uh, right it's flown by again as always what have you got planned for the week Jenna Scalacci um
1: working hard um coaching um I've got a new company out, so I'm I'm busy, busy with uh, coaching the younger generation. So you've
2: set up your own coaching company. I understand. Yes, wonderful. Yeah. And you might have some other potential news for us soon hopefully, fingers crossed by the end of the week. OK, well we'll, we'll we'll wait, we'll break that on Monday, next Monday on Women's Football Weekly. Flo Lloyd-Hughes, always a pleasure to have you with us. Thanks for having me again, Faye, I love it. I've got you booked in in another few weeks, so <laughs> looking forward to that. Thanks again to Jenna Scalacci and Flo Lloyd-Hughes. Thanks to you all for listening and taking part as ever. Next week, really exciting, former FA Director Dame Heather Rabatz is with us to discuss the latest developments from women in Football, so don't miss that. Of course, any questions for us during the week, you can email us at Women's Football Weekly at Talksport.co.uk. That's a brand new email we've set up for this season. You can also tweet us at Talksport2 or at Fakerothers as well. And as ever, if you miss any of the show or you want to listen back to any of our lockdown specials then you can download the Women's Football Weekly podcast which is available on Apple and Spotify products. Women's Football Weekly with Faker Others.
4: Hello this is Kelly Chambers from Red FC Women. You're listening to Women's Football Weekly on Talk Sport 2.